Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through. Keeping their delicate skin healthy and happy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick and goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable. When my oldest was little, she would get the worst diaper rash. It left me feeling so desperate to help her while also wanting something gentle on her skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor. When she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash, she let nothing get in her way. You can use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel confident that you are making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra-premium formula for moms that won't settle when it comes to their little ones. Soothe and restore with active ingredients being dimethicone and petrolatum. You can find more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com or find it on Amazon or walmart.com. Hello, this is Megan with the VBAC link, and we have another VBAC story coming for you. Today is actually kind of a fun episode because we have one of our own VBAC doulas, and she's actually been a co-host on a couple episodes, so this is really fun to have her kind of be on the other side of things instead of being a co-host, now sharing her story. So I am so excited, Sarah, for you to be with us today. She is a mom of two, a wife of a a mechanical engineer, and since entering motherhood herself, she has become certified in postpartum nutrition and as a birth and postpartum doula, which I think is amazing. Nutrition, like that is postpartum nutrition, like it is such a big factor. In fact, we're going to hopefully have um, a special guest on here sometime, Mm -hmm. maybe in the spring. And um, she's going to talk about that and how nutrition can actually play a huge factor in our recovery and how our incisions, like our C-section scars, heal and how it can impact VBAC. So it's amazing. So I love that you are certified in postpartum nutrition. If you have anything that you would like to share at the end of this, please like be my guest. Definitely share anything. But I am so excited for you to be here today. I'm going to read a review and then we will jump right into your amazing story. Sounds good. Perfect. So this is um, a more recent August 2022 and it's from Connor Elise Howell. Howell? (laughs) Sorry, I am really bad at names. Obviously, I'm probably butchering that. But the review says, was planning to wait until I give birth to leave my review, but I love this podcast so much. I have to do it now. Julie and Megan have created such a fantastic and empowering resource in the VBAC Link podcast. When I first got pregnant, I wasn't sure if I wanted to pursue the VBAC or pursue a VBAC and had a lot of self-doubt. Now I'm just a few weeks from my due date, so I bet she's had her baby because right now it's the end of 2022. And thanks to this podcast, generally so excited to go into labor. I've been bringing every episode, binging every episode, and can't believe how much it has changed my perspective and increased my confidence in my body and my baby. I promise you'll be hearing an update from me afterward. So, Elise, we would love to hear the update and just see how things went and see how you're feeling about your birth. 
I love that she has been with us and binging. It just, it warms my heart so much. So if you also have a review, please never hesitate to drop us one. You can leave it on Apple Podcast. Um, you can, I think, Google Play, maybe. Actually, I don't have Google Play, so don't quote me on that. But if you can't do it on Google Play, you can go to Google, just search the VBAC link and leave a review there. Or you can send us a message on Instagram. You know all the things. I say it every time, but we love your reviews. So please, if you wouldn't mind, leave us one. You are tuned into the VBAC Link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. Okay, Sarah, are you excited? I'm excited. I am. Yeah, I am just, you know, super thankful to be here. Like you said, I was able to be a co-host on some other episodes, but to be able to share my story is just something that's, you know, near and dear to my heart. And I, I love sharing it. So I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you. Well, share away anything that you would like the listeners to hear. Well, you know, obviously every VBAC story begins with a cesarean. Yes. (laughs) Like many other episodes. So I um, am just going to briefly kind of go over what went on with my cesarean with my first she was born in august of 2019 and it was an unplanned cesarean so i was a first-time mom doing all the things quote unquote and um you know all the things that i felt like i was supposed to do i was reading the books and talking to other moms i took a birth course. I had a baby shower, was looking at all the cute baby things, went to all my prenatal appointments, you know, checking all the boxes. Yep. I was even um, seeing a chiropractor. I had a doula. You know, I was just doing all the things that I felt like I needed to do to prepare. And I was convinced that I was going to have a completely normal, unmedicated birth. I was just going to walk into the hospital, like <laughs> pop out my baby and just start this new life of a family of three and, you know, being a mom and everything was just going to work out. And obviously mm-hmm. I'm here because that did not go according to plan. Like yeah. <laughs> most of our, you know, cesarean experiences and actually very similar to your story. My water broke first. Mm, yeah. So, <laughs> I was, you know, just shy of 39 weeks and I got up to pee and sure enough, there was a little bit of a pop and trickle down my leg. And I was like, oh, man, like I peed myself. <laughs> Like I was fully convinced that like, you know, this was just pee and I was super embarrassed. And so I just, you know, went to the bathroom, just continued on. And um, sure enough, like every time I went to stand up, I just kept on peeing a little. Peeing. And, yeah. <laughs> like how much pee do I have? <laughs> right. I was like, this is weird. Like, I don't know. I've never been like 
pregnant before. Like, this is just like, you know, I'm so far along. Like, maybe this is normal. So there I am. Like, of course, we all have our phones when we're on the bathroom (laughs) or on the toilet. Uh Like, I'm sitting there Googling, like, what happens when your water breaks? Or like, what is it like when your water breaks? And all these scenarios are like running through my head. And, you know, because everything leading up into that point was basically like, oh, your water's never going to break. Like it's not and it's not going to be until later on, you know, in your labor and blah, 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 like everything like that. And You know, sure enough, like soon after, I believe it was like my mucus plug that came out. And it's honestly like so hard to like try and look back on the experience, knowing what I know now. Right. And say like, what actually happened? And there's no way of like being able to go back and like actually relive it through the lens that you have now. So it's, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. really crazy to like, you know, go back and everything, but you know, we were there in the moment and just convinced like, okay, water broke. What do we do? And mm-hmm. sure enough, it was just like, well, I guess we go to the hospital. Right. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I was told. Right? right. It was like, Hey, like if your water breaks, you come straight in. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. So my water broke and what did I do? We go in. got ready and we went in, you yeah. know? So here I am, like, I remember my husband took a picture of me standing outside of the hospital. I was just, you know, happy, like, okay, we're going to go have the baby now. Water broke. This is great. Like, I was just convinced, like, this was all, you know, like, cool. Like, all right, baby's coming. Water broke. Mm -hmm. I must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. And I got there. They checked me. I wasn't even a centimeter dilated. And they were just kind of like, okay, this is gonna, you know, we'll see what happens, but you're staying here. And that I think really just like threw me in for a loop. Like I figured I was going to be staying there, but I did not think I wasn't even a centimeter dilated. I did not. Right. Because you, know, I, you think water breaks, I'm in labor. Mm-hmm. That's it's what go time. <laughs> we as- yeah. We associate water breaking with the movies where it's like, hurry, get to the hospital. We're going to have a baby. But like, in hindsight, like you said, like we weren't really contracting very much and, you know, much was going on. Like, you know, like knowing what I know now, like, sure. I should have stayed at home. Like, like, you know, all these things. But again, like in that moment, in the situation, it's just like, okay, go to the hospital, show up. So now like, here I am like at the hospital and I just started like, you know, contractions did pick up. They put all the monitors on me, like mm-hmm. set me all up. And it was just kind of like, like shock. Like I was like, this mm-hmm. is happening. Like I'm having yeah. a baby. Like yeah. what, what's going on? And right. so like almost through like every single contraction, I was shaking and then I was throwing up. And then mm-hmm. for my birth class, it was like, oh, if you're shaking and throwing up, you might be through like going through transition. transition. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I'm like, oh, yay. Like my body's doing what it's be really far. Like yeah. I'm so far along. Like, let's do this. And mm-hmm. sure enough, I was only at a two. <laughs> you know, they were doing all the cervical checks. And I remember specifically this one nurse, she said to me, she was like, so I was only at two centimeters at the time. And she's like, oh, honey, if, you know, this is how you're at, at a two, you're never going to make it to a 10. You should just get the epidural now. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for the encouragement. (laughs) I'm just like defeated. I'm like, you know, over and over in my head, like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like, this isn't like what's supposed to happen. Like what is going on? And of course, like you can't stop birth. It's right. It's coming. It's going like things are moving. And all I wanted to do was like, just take a moment and pause and stop. And like, my body didn't want to, my mind didn't want, like, it was just all happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like naturally, like I was just like so defeated and, you know, I had only made it to four centimeters, like a few hours later after she had said this. And I was still trying to like motivate myself. Like I had my doula there. She was like, you can do this. Like you're okay. And just shaking and feeling so scared and just not able to calm down. I was like, I'm never like, I just like, I think I took what the nurse had said and also just like how I was feeling and was like, I'm never going to be able to relax. I'm never going to be able to do what my body needs to do to, to get this baby out. And I was like, so let's just, you know, let's do the epidural. Let's just see where this goes. And it let me relax, but ultimately I think what I was feeling was just all the pressure. So she Mm -hmm. was posterior Uh Uh and it was, it was just like a lot of pressure and, and everything going on. And I think, you know, maybe if we did some repositioning, like that could have helped, but you never know what's like really going on. And with the epidural, I was able to, you know, relax, calm down. I wasn't shaking anymore. Yeah. Which makes it more pleasant. Right. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know, I can, I can get through this. This is fine. And, um, I had gotten to seven centimeters. So again, they're like still now they were like, I feel like amping up the checks because like I had the epidural. So, so you know, why not? You why not? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then, um, I was approaching that 24 hour mark, um, since my water had broken and I did get to nine centimeters, but they were just saying like, you know, this is taking too long and Mm. you should have progressed further at this point. And we should really start to consider cesarean so that we don't fall into any emergency situations. Mm. So So they offer like any intervention to help you get over that little hump. Like, did they, was there any talk there? Like, Hey, maybe let's give you like two milliliters of pit or So maybe like do something. Yeah. So really nothing was like discussed in that sense, but I found out afterwards, like when I was actually pregnant with my second, that I did have Pitocin when I was in labor. So I was hooked up to antibiotics because I was GBS positive. Okay. And then after the epidural, I believe they just added on the Pitocin. But didn't really talk to you about it. mm -mm. No, because, um, my like provider for my second, they were like, Oh, okay. So like you had Pitocin and everything. And I was like, I did no. yeah, like n- no. And they're like, well, that's what it says here in your report. So I had no idea that they were even wow. like administering Pitocin and wow. maybe that's what helped me like progress further. But 
ultimately it was just not moving as fast as they would like. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately there wasn't, it was, it was that lovely failure to wait, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. because, you know, your, your body, your body went into spontaneous labor, rupture of membranes spontaneously, and then it needed its time. And then there was some intervention, which sometimes not always, but sometimes it can kind of slow the body down because the body's like whoa okay hold on you know mm-hmm. and then it catches back up but maybe sounds like they didn't give you that time to catch back up yeah yeah it was just you know like one thing after another so like after the word cesarean was thrown into the picture and I was just mm-hmm. like oh my goodness like how has I mean it hasn't even been 24 hours and I have gone from wanting a completely unmedicated birth to now thinking a cesarean I, I have is have a in the picture. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I just like sat well, I lay there like in the bed, just honestly, like praying and hoping and saying like, just whatever my body needs to do to get this baby out, just allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, they came back in and checked me and still wasn't dilated. So they just prepped the OR and mm-hmm. I ended up with a cesarean for my first birth. And, you know, it was just like, like we said, like, it was just like the, I was classified as failure to progress. They were convinced that, you know, maybe the baby was too large. My pelvis was too small. Of course. Like all of these things. It's just like being documented in my report. Like, oh, you know, like Mm -hmm. this woman had this happen. And so like in their mind, like they were thinking, you know, like she's never going to have a vaginal birth. Like this is just like a classic, oh, like she's going to always have cesareans if she wants any more kids, blah, blah, blah. And I think like that was sort of like the picture that they drew up in in my file and like what was sort of like laid out for me, like with that provider. And so going into my six-week postpartum appointment, I literally asked, like, I was already like, okay, like I have to have a vaginal birth. Like I want more kids. Like, what does this mean? And they basically said like, oh, well, you know, because of your situation, you could try again, but it's probably going to result in the same situation. So they were already telling me like, I should just go for a repeat cesarean if I were to ever have kids again. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) obviously like that did not happen, but like I had to really put in a lot of, like, I feel like work myself, like education. I found this podcast, like I started my own, like, it was just like all of this, like rush of, I need to figure out like how I can get this to happen because I'm not getting that support from my provider of believing that I can do this. And right. I know like, you know, it's not the story of once a cesarean, always a cesarean anymore. Like people Mm -hmm. are doing this. People are having very successful V-backs. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, it, it's like one of those things, like if you choose to have a repeat cesarean, like that's your, you know, thing. But like, if you want to have a V-back, like I feel like trying is is something that's just like so empowering and if like it's on your heart like you have to go for it because it's possible (laughs) it is possible and what's so hard like for me to hear is just what you just said like before even 
getting pregnant or before even getting there, we have these providers placing doubt and fear in our minds, mm. right? And like, when I say doubt, it's like, oh, a doubt our body can do it. But then also like, well, it pretty, they pretty much are like, sure, you can try, but it's going to end up in the same way. So why waste your time? Just go in and have a baby. You know, like, so we're being placed with all of this. These seeds are being placed before we even fall pregnant again. Yeah. And so then we are doubting ourselves and, you know, it's it just, it, I'm just going to say how it is. It bugs the living crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> it bugs me yeah. so much that we have people placing doubt in our ability yeah. to have a baby right. when they don't know. Right. They and I could have to- easily been like, oh, okay. So from now on, I'm going to always have cesareans. I could have, you know, gotten pregnant with my second, scheduled a full on cesarean. And like, that's the path that it went. But no, like, I mean, I had that successful VBAC. Like I had a baby come out of my vagina. Right. (laughs) It was possible. And so like, it's just crazy that like, I think, you know, we need to share these stories. We need to like show that it's possible to Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe send some shock into the providers and like make them see like, okay, like we can rethink the situation. It is like something that's going on. And obviously women are doing this. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really crazy. And you know, like, like that provider too was like, oh, I just like delivered a mom, like a baby from a mom that had her 10th cesarean. Like you can have as many as you'd like. Yeah. And we actually kind of funny that coincidental, I should say that you said that is we just had someone commenting on the breach, uh, the, I did a reel on breach and she said that she had 10 cesareans, 10. (laughs) That is a lot of cesareans. It is. And she just said like, I just wish I knew what I know now. Same Mm -hmm. thing, right? Like, and that's the hardest part is like, we can't shame ourselves for not knowing then what we know now, because that is how this works. We grow, we learn, Mm -hmm. we experience things. And that is what morphs us into the passionate people or the passionate person that wants to have a VBAC, right? And again, it's no shame to those who don't want to. That's okay too. It's just a matter of knowing like, hey guys, like really though, it's really possible. It really Mm -hmm. is. And don't doubt your body for a minute because I know people out there do, but you don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like so much easier said than done. Right. It's like, okay, don't doubt my body. And it's like doing like, that's what I mean. Like, I think sometimes like for some of us, it is like, you know, easy to not doubt ourselves. Like it's easy to have that confidence for others. Like I really need it to work on my confidence. I really need it to work on trusting myself. Yes. And it's just those, you know, quote unquote, simple things that like for some of us really takes time Mm -hmm. and like a lot of, you know, rethinking what we've kind of known about ourselves. Yeah. Mental capacity for sure. Yeah. And like also, you know, the language that we're using and the way that we just like speak to ourselves. And then also like the way that people are speaking to us, like that nurse that was like commenting on me only being two centimeters, like my provider saying like, oh, you should just go ahead. Like I had to learn how to take that information and refilter it to just be like, oh, that's their opinion. 
Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. not truth. Love it. And it's just like that was so much of my VBAC journey and really preparing for stuff. And mm-hmm. I also, you know, I was I was like, how like not only like how can I have a baby? Because I think that was the message that I was like aiming for for my first. Like it was how can I have a vaginal delivery? Like, how can I have this V back? Mm -hmm. And I took a hypnobirthing class, Mm -hmm. which like covered all those techniques. And, you know, it was like pregnancy, birth, like I even used it in postpartum and just constantly reiterating these tracks that they had of, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're doing great and it's perfect. You know, like believe in your body, trusting your body. Like I needed to put myself into that like hypnotic state in order to reframe my mindset to be able to successfully have this. And, you know, I was just like fully embodying everything of that sense. And like, they also say like the color orange is actually like a really great color for having like, like more activity and like oxygen to the brain and really Mm -hmm. like being more clear. And um, I believe it also like enhances like confidence and just like happiness and like all those things that like you need when you're like positive yeah (laughs) so I was like I bought this like big fuzzy blanket that was orange I had an orange water bottle and I had like all these little battery operated tea light candles um, that were orange so like I was like I am just like covering myself and Orange. Orange. Yeah. (laughs) Like I am just like all positive thoughts, like all like, because like, like I need it to have that. Cause I Mm -hmm. knew like, okay, if I come across like a nurse again, like if I come across like, just like, you know, friends, family, like people were like, oh, you're going to what? And they're like, well, you're going to be in the hospital though. Right. Like, you know, (laughs) like it was like all of their fears you know, kind of like, right. And so like, you know, it's like those things that we have to also like after my cesarean, it was so much like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like that happened to you. And like, you know, all these other people's Mm -hmm. perspectives really just bombarding me with, you know, second guessing my decisions and wondering like what I just went through. I was having like so much doubt because I was not confident in like any of my decisions anymore. I was like, what am I doing? And, and so like, you know, like now I feel like I've gotten to a point of like that true, like, like, obviously like there's always going to be something else that comes up. Like now I'm dealing with like a toddler, a baby, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. like all these new things. But I think like being able to like throw yourself into that position, knowing that like, there's going to be things that come up that are unpredictable. And like, you're, you're just going to have to like, you know, re-navigate through that. And, um, you know, having the experience of knowing like, oh, I can, you know, rethink the situation. Like I can like, you know, put myself in something that I've never been exposed to before and make it out. (laughs) Right. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of just like, you know, that's why I took like the VBAC link, like doula certification. Like I was already doing some doula work and like things like that. And I was like, you know what? Like, I really feel like I need to educate myself as much as I can and like become certified. That's specifically in 
something that's going to prepare me not only for my birth, but I want to be able to help other people that are going through these like same scenarios. Right. I mean, that's why I became a doula. (laughs) Literally right there where I was like so inspired. I'm like, no, I never want anyone to feel the way I felt. And, you know, I can't take that completely away. I can't take someone's feelings away, but I want them to hopefully feel supported and educated and backed and, you know, just overall just loved because I lacked that. I lacked that with my second. Yeah. 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 I think it's just like, you know, like dropping into like different communities and like finding podcasts like this that are going to be able to be amazing resources to give you that like, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, like somebody's doing what I want to do or like somebody's already like accomplished something that, you know, I see as a potential for me. And I think like we need to see those examples. We need to like have these stories be told because it really just like helps us see that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes that's like literally like all you need, like when you're going through this journey, you know, I just, I felt like I was, I was doing all of the things now again with like a different perspective and not only preparing physically, but mentally, because I knew that was just as powerful and as important Mm -hmm as like all those external surface level things that Mm -hmm. you're kind of like shown when you're just preparing for birth in general, but like, even just like, you know, staying hydrated and then like getting, I got certified in postpartum nutrition because I was like, Mm -hmm. something's going on here. Like there's some sort of disconnect. Like my body's different. My body's changed. What I believed about nutrition before is not the same in how I'm experiencing, you know, this postpartum period. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like just all of that coming together has been super helpful. So I'm excited to see or like listen to that episode that you're going to have. Me too. (laughs) It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like it's just, it's, it's so much information there that, um, you know, is really being uncovered and it's a lot of new research. It's a lot of, just women's health in general, Mm -hmm. I think is being really pushed and, and needed. So, you know, that, that also, I feel like just helped me like watching, like what I was consuming and what I was putting in my body, you know, like all the, maybe it's like old wives tales, but the dates and the red raspberry, like, I mean, I was all about it, even just like, you know, different smells, the environment that you're in, you know, I feel like played such a part in creating that like good, calming, like atmosphere and just like reiterating my confidence and like holding me centered in Mm -hmm. my birth. And I, I originally went back to the same provider (laughs) that was telling me like, Oh, go ahead to have like so many cesareans. And um, still, even after, so my kids were about two and a half years apart. Okay. So I, you know, went in, hey, I'm pregnant again. Like, I'm ready for this VBAC. Like, let's go. And they just kept on saying like, okay, sure. Like, we'll, we'll uh, see how it goes. And then like my billing came and they were like scheduling me, like basically like the bill was for a cesarean. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, I'm going to have a vaginal birth. Like, why are we billing me for a cesarean? And they're like, oh, well, you know, 
just in case. Uh And I was like, just in case, like I have a vaginal birth. Like, why is that not the route that we're leaning towards? Right. And um, it was right after like my anatomy scan, 20 weeks, I switched over to midwives that are in the area and they have, I think like an overall like 80% success rate here in Greenville, South Carolina. So I think I believe like they are like, if you're going for a VBAC, like one of the better providers in the area, like they definitely want vaginal births. Like they want that to be the outcome. So once I switched to them, it was not even, you know, they were just, oh yeah, VBAC, VBAC. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Okay. We're just going to have a baby. Right. Yeah. And um, I felt so much better. It wasn't until the very end because I was kind of like listed as that, like, oh, too big of a baby, things like that. Uh They did suggest to do the scan to see Uh the size. And I denied it. I said, how big was your baby? So my first, she was seven pounds, 14 ounces. What? That is not a big baby. <laughs> oh, and like, I mean, mind you, like I'm only five foot. So like, no, but I've like, seen no. a five, two give birth to an 11 pound baby. Yeah. Yeah. By no means like were my babies big. And my second, he was actually eight pounds, four ounces. So he was bigger uh, than my first and he mm-hmm. was my V back. Yeah. So like, it, it's really just crazy. Like, I think that's like one thing, like as a doula, like it's hard for me to like hear people be like, oh, well, like my provider thinks that like my baby's going to be big and like things like that. And I'm like, okay, but maybe no, like, (laughs) right. Exactly. Like, okay, but we could look at it this way too. Mm -hmm. You know, I had an interview with someone the other day and she was like, well, I don't know if I can, like, how do I tell if my pelvic is going to be, my pelvis is going to be adequate. And I was like, your pelvis is perfect. And she was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, no, really though. Like really. And I started talking to her about it. She was like, oh, you know, so it's hard even like, okay. So you got the diagnosis of big baby, small pelvis, but then you look at a baby and you're like, but the baby wasn't big. So, you know, uh, so they did the scan they, I did not do the scan. Oh, you didn't second. do the scan. I did right? not. You, de- yeah. you declined it. You declined it. I declined it. it. Cause I said, well, what is that going to tell me? Like what, like ah, if nothing? they said big baby, then I was going to have like that in my head that like, yeah. okay, like big baby. And I was like, do I need to get it? And that's what I really enjoyed about them because they were like, no, like it's up to you. Like you can make yeah. that decision. And I was like, okay, I don't want it. And like, also like, same with like the checks towards the end. Like I was like, nope, I don't want like any cervical checks. Like I'll just, you know, wait until baby comes and then we'll, we'll see if I want checks then. But like, that was like, you know, they were super, you know, considerate of all of those things and like never made anything along those lines, like a requirement. Like if they would have said like, oh no, like we need to have a scan that could have like turned into some other things, but like you know, like it was just, it, it went, I feel like as, as well as it could have. And I'm still like, he's almost, so by the time this comes out, he will be over a year old, but right now he is almost a year old. And I am still just like absolutely amazed with myself and like what was able to happen. Yeah. And the birth itself, it was crazy. So like, I started to have, you know, like pressure waves, contractions, whichever you want to call them, like really early in the morning. 
And then probably for like about an hour, I just like let it kind of like feel yeah. out. And like, mm-hmm. I didn't wake up my husband. Like it was, it was maybe only like three 30, like four o'clock in the morning. So like, he's still sleeping. Um, you know, we're still just like hanging out and then it just like continued though. And like, I was like, this is, you know, pretty intense, like already. Like, I was like, I think like, you know, maybe baby's coming, like, yeah. let's, let's see what's going on. And I had a doula again the second time and we were messaging her and she was like, oh, okay, yeah, like perfectly normal. Like they're probably just going to like teeter out, like span out, you know, we'll see. And then, and then like where you are in a, in a couple hours or so. And mm-hmm. I mean, they did not slow down. They were like super consistent, like keep on coming. And I'm like, all right, maybe if I get in the shower, I'll be able to kind of like relax a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I'll be able to like get through these. And like, <laughs> I feel like the shower was like one of the worst ideas because like, I couldn't even like, like dry my hair afterwards. Like I couldn't like oh, really, yeah. like I was just like, just get clothes on me. Like, yeah, I, I did not want to like do anything like after getting in the shower and I was constantly like using counter pressure, which like, I feel like is the best thing for me and like, definitely like recommend at least like trying it. And we did like all the hip squeezes. And like, every time I was like starting to feel the need for one, like I would just yell squeeze. (laughs) And my husband would like run over and just like squeeze my hips. And it was just like, you know, again, like just like ramping up and getting super intense. And I had like piles of pillows in my bedroom Mm -hmm. and just like wrapping around them. I was on like the edge of our little ottoman in our, in our bedroom and then like went to the bathroom and just like kind of like moving around as much as I could, like on like all fours, mm-hmm. um, side lying, things like that. And it was at some point like laying on my side, then my water had broken <laughs> ah. like, well into it all. And I was just like, oh my goodness, we need to get to the hospital like now. Like once that happened, like I felt him drop and I was like panicking because I mean, you know, I specifically wanted to have a hospital birth because like, I just felt like that's where I needed to be to feel like at my comfort level. And so once that happened and I felt him, like, I was like, we need to get to the hospital. I was like, I am not having this baby here. And my friend that was watching our our oldest had not gotten there yet. And our doula was still like, kind of, I think my husband was like, oh, we don't want to get to the hospital too early. Like he was like downplaying everything because of the previous scenario. And like, now I say it's like, like new baby, new birth. Like this is different. Like we can't take what has happened from our past births into this new one because it's going to be a whole different situation. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Like finally, like my friend came over and like, she was like watching um, my daughter and was like, okay, yeah, I got her. Like I'm, I'm covered. Like, you know, we'll take her to our house, things like that. And we got in the car and I just remember like grabbing and holding on to like the Holy cow bar. Yeah. Like, yep. like a foot up on the side and just like gripping everything around me, mm-hmm. like going through like all of the motions and my eyes were closed. And I was just like, 
you know, like, let's just get to the hospital. And like, somehow, like we just kept on like gaining more time. I think my husband like made a wrong turn. And like, it was just like, I was like, just get me there, get me there. I think he's like panicking, like not sure, like what happened. And, um, we finally got there and my doula was like standing right at the door of the hospital. And there was actually a wheelchair right out there that I thought she had like gotten for me. Oh, and I just like jump right into the wheelchair and she's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, wheel me up. Like we're having this baby. Like I was like, so ready to go. I was so amped up and so pumped. And like, I later found out that the wheelchair had like literally just been left there from somebody that had like gotten picked up like minutes before, but she was like, okay, like we're going in. And I'm like, you know, gripping my belly, like breathing and everything. And I just remember like the person at the front that was like checking everybody in. She was like, oh no, we don't do that down here. <laughs> she was like, go straight up. So sure enough, like we got in and I was already at like eight, nine centimeters and they were like, okay, like you're having a baby. Like, yeah. let's get you in there. And I really wanted a water birth or at least like to be able to be in the tub. So they started to fill up the water when I was in there. But then after they hooked up the monitors and everything, they had said like, we don't really like what's going on with his heart rate. And like, you know, we're just going to kind of like keep you out. And I was honestly just like, okay, it's not the plan, but like, let's just, you know, get the baby out. And they checked me again and they were like, you're ready to go. Like you're ready to push. And the only thing that I had to do was get hooked up to antibiotics because I was GBS positive again, which was something that I definitely tried to prevent. But I think that's just one thing with my body that, you know, I am just forever GBS positive. (laughs) That, you know, sometimes it happens and we just, we don't know why. And then, yeah, yeah, you might be surprised if you ever have another baby. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And they did ask me, like, as I was, like, getting wheeled over to the delivery room, like, do you want the epidural? And I was like, heck no. Uh, like, I made it this I, far. <laughs> like, no, I just want to have a baby now. Yeah. Like, and it was literally, like, probably, like, a little over an hour from when I got, like, wheeled in until when he came out. I pushed for maybe about 20 minutes. And just that feeling of, like, him on my chest. I still like, I mean, it's like literally like goosebumps and just like, I felt so proud of myself and accomplished yeah. and empowered. Like I was like, oh my goodness. Cause like, I didn't get my daughter to be on my chest with right. my cesarean. Like they had said that that could have been an option and it was not, it was not something that I got to do. So just literally like, I didn't care what he was covered in. I didn't care what I was covered in. I was like, give me the baby. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, honestly, it was just like such a cool feeling to have that. Absolutely. It's euphoria. You're just like, Mm -hmm. you're in a whole nother world. It's the weirdest thing because you're you're there and everyone's there around you, but you're in a completely different space. And yeah, yeah, it's a really cool feeling. It is. And like I said, like, so he was bigger than my first and when they weighed him and everything i was like see like i can have bigger babies i know like you said i can do it (laughs) you pushed for 20 minutes i was like you pushed for 20 minutes with your small pelvis and big baby Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I mean, like I, 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 I felt like just on top of the world. Like I was like, I can deliver a baby vaginally. Like I, I did it. And, you know, like I took the iconic, like hand up in the air photo. Heck and, yeah. Yeah. And was just there snuggling him like so much, but yeah, that's, that's my birth story. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So amazing. So amazing. And I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy that all the doubt that was placed in the first birth was able to just be washed away in the end yeah. where it's like, whoa, yes. Like I can do this. I did yeah. do this. This is amazing. Yeah. My body's amazing. My baby's amazing. You know, and you know, hearing your first story, it sounds to me like, I mean, I wasn't there. I haven't seen your app before. It's like, I don't know. I didn't see the tracings, but it sounds like still positional, probably, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. So yeah, it's just, oh, I'm so happy for you. Thanks. So happy for you. <laughs> and like I said, I mean, it's been almost a year later and I still get like so giddy about it. And like, I, I think like it, like allowed me to really, you know, like I am appreciative of like my cesarean because I feel like if it wasn't for that, I would not be so called to do this work and like, yeah. so like such an advocate for it. And so, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to be a part of the birth community as hard as I am. And yeah. I think like, you know, we kind of have to like take those experiences for what they are. And like we were saying earlier, like learn from them and really just be, grow. you know, thankful, right. Grow with it and be thankful for it. And, mm -hmm. and just kind of like, you know, heal from it and like yeah. see, you know, where you're kind of like still hung up and like what needs mm -hmm. to be processed, but go into another birth, like with a completely different perspective and mindset yes. and, and just what it is and you know like finding a provider like finding a location that you feel safe like finding you know a support person a doula things like that like connecting with community and really having that like comfort is great but i do feel like we are our like one and only like true advocate and like absolutely we have to take that action like we have to follow through with what we're learning and like like i said like listening to this like being a part of like, like online communities, in-person communities, things like that. Like it's, it's great. But if you're not implementing what you're learning and you're actually taking those actions, like it's not going to like, like it has to click. It has to be like, you know, you do your homework or you study for the exam, you pass. Like, it's just like one of those things where like, I feel like you have to really like embody it and, when I hear like people say, oh, it's so easy. Like, I'm like, it was not like, I mean, in the end, like overall, but like, it's like when you're running a race, like you have to train for it. You have to like be a runner, like in order to complete it without like, you know, stopping, feeling exhausted. Like it's a, a lot. And I think like, that's one thing that like is sometimes like overlooked, like with my first, like I'm just going to walk into the hospital. Like, I'm just going to have this baby. Yep. Like, I don't yep. need to, you know, what, it, what needs to be done. And I think like, it's just like those kinds of things. Like you really have to ask yourself, like, am I honestly like doing the things that I need to do? Am I implementing them into my life? Like, am I drinking my water? Am I clearing my fears? Am I like healing from my first birth? You know, like, am I asking my provider mm -hmm. all the questions that I really have? Am I like, 
you know, not embarrassed to find the resources that I need? Am I clearing out all that, you know, negative feedback from other people? You know, like, am I doing those things and am I dropping into communities that are supporting me and, you know, cheering for me? Yep. And I think it's just like that, that's where like the magic is. That's when it clicks in and that's when, you know, you really get to feel confident and empowered and happy with like your decisions that absolutely moving forward. And and that bleeds into motherhood. I think that bleeds into like the whole postpartum period and, and really just like continuing to build that confidence in yourself is just, I think is like my favorite thing that I've learned in motherhood. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, really, you just nailed it. It's oh, all of those things are so important. And, you know, and then in the end, we still just like, we have the support, we have like the processing, we have all those things, but in the end, we still have to tune in to ourselves and say like, you have to believe into your, in yourself. You have mm-hmm. to have that. So, you know, you can have a huge team of believers and, and rooter cheerleaders, you know, and you also have to cheer for yourself. So I love it. Thank you so much. So, so much for all of your information. Yeah, this has been so much fun. Honestly, like, thank you so much. Interested in sharing your VBAC story on the podcast? Submit your story at the vbacklink.com slash share. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.